Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Ed Robinson, and welcome to the season premiere of Extra Base Hit. This is the program that gets you caught up on anything and everything happening around Major League Baseball. Coming up on this edition of the program, we have an interview with Susie Fulton. Susie is the co-host of the Bourbon and Baseball and Back That Astros Up podcast. The podcast cover content related to the Houston Astros of Major League Baseball. On the program, we discuss the 2022 Houston Astros postseason. Also, we discuss manager Dusty Baker. Also, we talk about Minute Maid Park, the chances of the Astros repeating as World Series champions in 2023, and so much more. Susie is coming coming on again on the program. So, great interview and look forward to it. It's going to be exciting. In the meantime, I want to start off with my top three storylines. So, Major League Baseball for this 2023 season has introduced the pitch clock. First of all, I think this is brilliant because if you know, like I know, I've been a fan of Major League Baseball for such a long time. And while the games, in my opinion, are exciting, the games can also be long and they can drag. But thank God for the pitch clock. So for those of you that are probably saying, hey, Ed, what is a pitch clock? Well, I'm glad you asked. The pitch clock is basically when a pitcher is on the mound, and then the clock is winding down. So the pitcher gets approximately at least 30 seconds to make sure that he gets the signals from the catcher, and he's on the mound, he's winding up, and he's getting his pitch, he's delivering the pitch. That is, again, they use, they've used it in college baseball, and they've used it in minor league baseball for a long time. But this is the first season that Major League Baseball will use this mandatory it will become mandatory in major league baseball so all it is is that it limits it limits the amount of time a pitcher uses before he throws the ball to the hitter so in layman's terms it speeds up the the, the play it speeds up the the pace in the uh, in the play of baseball in game play so so far so good it's worked normally before the pitch clock an average major league baseball game would go between three and a half to five hours now so far the games are under three hours two and a half hours so far so good it works and the pit now there have been some uh, a few pitchers that have uh, <laughs> have had a, a fine or a violation as a result of um, not not respecting the pitch clock I know Shohei Otani got in trouble as a result of not 
of not of uh, not respecting the pitch clock. There have been a couple of other pitchers that have gotten in trouble and received violations as a result of this. But overall, the fans are happy. Um, it seems to be working as far as TV ratings are concerned so early in this Major League Baseball season. And again, the pitch clock, again, it, it works so far so good. It has worked. It's It's working, and it's paying off big dividends. So again, for those of you that are probably saying, well, what is a pitch clock? The pitch clock is just basically designed to make the game of baseball quicker. It basically limits, limits the amount of time a pitcher uses before he throws the ball to the hitter. So no longer back in the day where the pitcher could be on the mound and can take his time and get his thoughts together and just him and the catcher can be relaxed and try to get the signals together. Absolutely not. There's a specific clock. It's a time clock that pitchers have in order to get the pitches delivered where the pitcher will have time where him and the catcher can bust certain things. They can make things happen. And that's basically it. So, again, the pitch clock are in the following requirements. There's a period of 30 seconds between batters within within each half inning. The timer between pitches is of 15 seconds when the bases are empty and it's 20 seconds when at least one runner is on base. So if the pitcher starts his mo- a pitcher must start his motion before the clock hits the the clock hits zero. If the if a violation happens, it's an automatic ball. Simple as that. So I'll give you an example on the um, the pitch count. If it's one ball, one strike, and if a pitcher time runs out guess what? It's an automatic ball. So the pitch count would be two balls and one strike. So that's how that works. So again, it's a period of 30 seconds between batters within each half inning. The time between pitches is 15 seconds with the bases empty, and it's 20 seconds with at least one runner on base. And the pitcher must start his motion before the time runs out. If the pitcher doesn't get the pitch off in enough time, it's an automatic ball. So that's how that works with the pitch clock. But so far, so good. We've seen, as I stated before, games not dragging. Remember, games, an average Major League Baseball game before the pitch clock was brought into existence would be between three and a half to five hours. Now it's under three hours. So far, so good. So kudos to Major League Baseball for making a big, a big rule change with the pitch clock. My next storyline is going to be the 2022 Houston Astros. You talk about power, not just on the offensive side, but even on the pitching side as well. Names like Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, just to name a few as far as the offensive side is concerned. And can't forget about Jeremy Pena, who was, I mean, his star rose during the 2022 World Series. He would become the World Series MVP. And certainly as far as uh, the stars is concerned on the pitching side, again, Justin Verlander, even though no longer with the Astros, he's now with the New York Mets, but had a sensational season and a postseason run for the Astros. Framber Valdez, Jose Urquidy, also Rafael Montero, just to name a few. We can't forget about the pitching staff with Ryan Presley as the closer. And also Lance McCullers Jr. was uh, perfect. With all those guys, that rotation was outstanding for the Houston Astros, and also kudos to Dusty Baker, opportunity winning his first 
World Series title as manager of the Houston Astros. I go more into detail about the Astros' run with Susie coming up in, right after the break in the interview. But, man, the Astros, from start to finish, they looked outstanding in the 2022 season, and they carried that momentum going into the playoffs and into the World Series. So congratulations to the 2022 Houston Astros for a phenomenal year. They clicked on all cylinders, both on the hitting and the pitching side of things. And it's going to be a tough uh, – they've got a tough go-around in this 2023 season, which, gonna, which leads to my last storyline. That's the team the, the teams to watch in 2023. So, as I mentioned earlier, the Houston Astros, no longer the hunter. They're now the hunted. They're the defending champions. They're coming into this situation. And the Strolls, they've got a lot of competition in front of them as far as to take them out, not just with the National League, but just the American League as a whole. You got to talk about the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge, excited to be staying in New York, got the big contract extension. Also, Giancarlo Stanton is coming back. The Yankees, you know, they're going to have something to say about this as well. The Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, such a, a young, talented team that you have with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette. Also, you've got the likes of, um, oh gosh, what, what's his name? George Springer. Also, you've got Brandon Belt, Matt Chapman. Just to name a few, those guys are Alejandro Kirk on the defensive side. This is going to, I mean, you can't sleep on the Blue Jays, man. The Blue Jays, they're going to have something to say about this as well. Of course, Boston Red Sox, no Xander Bogarts, but they've got Rafael Devers. They gave him the big contract extension during the offseason. Boston's all, already going to be a perennial threat. Of course, you've got Cleveland. You've also got Minnesota in the mix as well. Seattle's going to have something to say about this. As well, of course, the Los Angeles Angels, Shohei Otani coming back. This is going to be very interesting. And, of course, over on the National League, the New York Mets. I mean, they signed one of the biggest fishes in the pond during the offseason. That's Justin Verlander. The Mets are coming along strong with Pete Alonzo, Francisco Lindor, Starling Marte, Brandon Nimmo, just to name a few. The Atlanta Braves are going to have something to say about this as well. You can't forget about the Braves. They won the title two years ago. Of course, Philadelphia, the Phillies are going to have something to say about this as well. Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, need I say more about them? Also, you've got some other teams in the National League that are going to raise, hat, um, raise hell as well. The Milwaukee Brewers, and you've got uh, Cincinnati. And how about St. Louis? Uh, Nolan Arenado and uh, Paul Goldschmidt, those two are uh, a dynamic duo in the STL. And, of course, the Los Angeles Dodgers. They're going to have something to say about this as well. And the San Diego Padres, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, uh, Josh Hader, just to name a few. So as I mentioned earlier, the Astros are no longer the hunter. They're now the hunted. And the Astros, they're going to be a team to watch. But those other teams that I mentioned, man, it is going to be a marathon and not a sprint in a 162-game Major League Baseball season. It's going to be ferocious is going to be intense and of course with it, the games are going to move a little bit faster now with the pitch clock but man the pitch clock may be new but guess what the hunger and the passion and the power it remains the same for all 30 teams in major league baseball all right when we come back from the break i have an interview with Susie fulton Susie is the co-host of the bourbon and baseball and back that astros up podcast the podcast cover content related to the Houston Astros of Major League Baseball. 
On the program, we discussed the 2022 Houston Astros postseason. Also, we discussed Dusty Baker, Minute Maid Park, the chances of the Astros repeating in 2023, and so much more. Susie is coming up after the break. I'm Ed Robinson, and you're listening to the season premiere of Extra Base Hit. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is this. Let's go! Let's go! Show up on day one. Work with us for 30 minutes. Feel good right away. Yo! Repeat five days a week for three weeks. Three weeks? Five workouts a week. We're body, and we call that a body block. You pick the block, and you're going to love the experience. On week four, this part is really important. Take the week off. Seriously, we mean it. Rest. Go on vacation or try something new. Maybe some yoga. Notice you're not holding on to any tension here. Or a dance class. Get sexy with it, daddy. You do you, and then... Start again. Be committed to this process. Choose a new body block each month. Get a new challenge each month. Have fun every day. Avoid burnout. You're not going to quit on yourself today. This is how you reach your goals. You in? There is nothing that we can't do if we work together. Sign up for your first body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. That's B-O-D-I.com. Are you ready to get started? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There goes the runner. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker. This time they finish the job. The Houston Astros. World Champions! Dusty Baker has his ring. In his 25th year as a manager. Guy that brought credibility and stability back to the Astros in the wake of the scandal. Guy that's been in baseball for more than 50 years. All right, everybody, welcome back to the program. That audio was courtesy of Major League Baseball and Fox Sports, and that was Game 6 of the 2022 World Series between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros. Of course, the Houston Astros, as you heard, that home run was hit by Kyle Tucker to seal the deal in Game 6 to win the 2022 World Series, giving manager Dusty Baker his first-ever World Series title. To talk more about that 2022 Astros postseason run, as well as manager Dusty Baker and the chances of the Astros repeating in 2023. Let's welcome her to the program. She is the co-host of the Bourbon and Baseball podcast, as well as the Back That Astros Up podcast, which are dedicated to covering Major League Baseball's Houston Astros. Let's welcome her to the program, Susie Fulton. Hey, Susie, welcome to the program. Hi, Ed. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome. So sorry about that. I think, oh, that's no problem. Again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us on the program, and thank you again. And the 2022 season for the Houston Astros was one for the record books. You talk about a lineup that not only comprised of great defense and pitching, but power hitters. And the 2022 postseason run for the Astros was indeed one for the ages, as I mentioned earlier. I want to start off with a gentleman that was a rookie last year that wind up becoming the MVP of the World Series, Jeremy Pena. Just give me your thoughts on Jeremy's 2022 season and his playoff run. Ooh, Jeremy Pena. Uh, I'll, I'll be really honest. I know that he had really, really large shoes to fill. And from the very, very beginning, it, the entire organization made it very clear to him that he was not – they did not expect him to be the next Carlos Correa. They wanted to, they wanted him to be the first Jeremy Pena and just to play that position to the best of his abilities and not 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 necessarily compare himself to Carlos Correa. You know, as just regular human beings, you know, you are going to compare. And the fact anyone had those expectations for him, I honestly really I, I think that 
there was a lot of people in Houston that thought that it was a major, major mistake letting Carlos Correa go and that Pena was just going to, you know, kind of fall on his face. And you know, But what better time for a rookie to come up when you're surrounded by, you know, all-stars and future Hall of Famers, you know, Jose Altuve and Jordan and Kyle Tucker and uh, Alex Bregman, and they, he could have that cushion. He did not need to be the guy. And when everybody knew the glove kind of played, but then when the offense and the bat started to play, just Houston forgot, not forgot, but Houston moved on from Carlos to Jeremy Pena very quickly. He he entrenched himself into Houston, the HEB commercials, the hard hands. It doesn't hurt that he's very easy on the eyes. Um, and then the fact that the entire regular season, he had the problems with the low and away slider, and everybody knew that, you know, that's what you could get him out on. And he adjusted. September, he adjusted and started hitting those balls, you know, where, where they ain't. And his performance in the postseason was just unbelievable. I don't think anyone in Houston ever exceeded, expected that from their rookie. I just, I know that here in Houston, like I said, that there was these expectations of, okay, well, he can give us some defense, but odds are not going to give us much offense. And then when everything kind of came together, it was it was magical. Indeed, it was magical. And Susie, every postseason, there's always a player that really stands out. We saw it the previous year in 2021 with Eddie Rosario, what he did with the Atlanta Braves. And in 2022, it was Jeremy Pena with the Houston Astros. I want to talk about uh, someone else that, unfortunately, he's no longer a member of the Houston Astros. He currently plays for the Miami Marlins, and that's Yuli Uriel. And uh, Yuli was uh, someone that was a staple with the Astros organization during his time there, being a part of those American League Championship Series, part of the World Series team last year. Any thoughts on your Yuli and his uh, 2022 postseason run? Oh, Yuli. We, we love Yuli. We love how integral he was to that to that core essentially um being there you know with the with the 17 team and then uh, making that making all of the postseason runs um afterwards and i think i think maybe we we expected uh 2021 batting champion yuli to come back and uh in in 21 he was basically you know two strikes two outs Man on base, you could. It was almost a guarantee that Yuli um, could could get him over, get him in, and unfortunately, that did that didn't that didn't happen in the regular season. And then in the postseason, when he got the rest that he needed, not playing every day, you know, he shined, and it was like the Yuli that we had in twenty one, and and we all we all missed that dearly because unfortunately, when he came up in the lineup. In the regular season, more often than not, he was either grounding into a double play or just striking out and just kind of killing the rally, and it and it kind of hurt like the 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 fans that were not I don't want to say like overly Yuli lovers because there's 
there is a great faction of, of Astros fans that um, it doesn't matter how you play, they just want to easily back. <laughs> um, and so they remember the, the postseason Yuli, and unfortunately when, when we signed Jose Abreu, that you know, postseason Yuli was not going to be a thing. Yeah, definitely. Yuli was somebody that was definitely an impact player during his time with the Astros, and I wish him nothing but the best of luck with the Miami Marlins. I want to talk now about somebody that has been an inspirational player, and that's Trey Mancini. Of course, for people that don't know the story, Trey is a colon cancer survivor and one player of the year in the American League during his time with the Baltimore Orioles and was a part of the World Series team with the Astros last season. Give me your thoughts on Trey during the 2022 postseason run. Oh, we love Trey. We loved Trey, and we're so happy that we could get him a ring because he was instrumental in that World Series. Um, when he, when we signed him at the trade deadline, him and Christian Vasquez, I truly do believe that they thought that they were going to get more playing time than they did. And unfortunately, they did not. And I don't, I think maybe the plan initially was to kind of platoon Trey uh, with Yuli. Um, but Dusty was not, I don't think Dusty was, was about it. <laughs> so Yuli got, you know, the majority of the playing time. And unfortunately, when you when you sit, your back gets, gets cold. And I think Trey is one of those guys that needs everyday rest to kind of keep his swing in check. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, he didn't get it. And then the times that he did, um, his his performances weren't weren't great. And, you know, it's just a vicious cycle. But that that catch that he made, um, basically, you know, the ball catching him at first after Yuli went down with his injury, um, without that, you know, two two runs would have been in at least, and uh, that, that game would have been completely different. And so for that, um, Houston will always, always be grateful to Trey Mancini, even though, you know, he wasn't the most uh, – he didn't have the most playing time, but he did make one of the most impactful – uh, plays of that World Series. The big ups to Trey Mancini, as uh, we stated earlier, definitely not just an inspirational player, but an inspirational guy, and to bounce back from a, that health scare and to be healthy again and definitely made an impact as a part of that Astros World Series team. Somebody else I'd like to discuss, and that's uh, the uh, outfield. Well, actually, uh, two catchers not known for being offensive powerhouses, but two catchers that are known for their defense. Christian Vasquez, and also Martin Maldonado. Now, Christian uh, came over. Uh, Christian's no longer with the team, but Christian was brought over to the Astros in the trade deadline. He previously played for Boston. Christian is now uh, currently a member of the Minnesota Twins, but, again, Vasquez and Maldonado are two defensive specialists at their positions. Thoughts on Christian and Martin during their post that postseason run last year? Oh... Now, now that that's a loaded that's a loaded topic. Um, we love uh, Martine for the his his playmaking abilities. He is known for working that that young staff and and making sure that um, you know that he that he can call the games uh, that that are needed. And that pitching staff has full full confidence in him. Again, when. Christian was signed again at, at the trade deadline. I really do believe that it was supposed to be more of a, a 60-40 kind of platoon to kind of help um, Maldi get off his 
feet and rest a little bit. Um, but unfortunately that, you know, again, didn't happen. And, um, that, and then after the world series, it came out that, you know, Maldi was, was playing with a broken hand and a, and a hernia. And I'm not going to lie. It kind, of, it kind of colored, uh, his, the, my opinion of him just a little bit, even though, you know, behind the, behind the plate, he was still Maldi. Um, but again, at, when he was up to that, he was, he was not doing, not doing great. And, you know, there's, I could understand if it was a rookie catcher or not, not a catcher that, that had the experience or whatnot, but it's, you know, it's, it's Christian Vasquez, you know, he, he can hit, he's got, he's got some talent behind the plate. So I, there, there are a lot of, Maldi can do no wrong. Doesn't matter what he does at the plate. He will always be the number one catcher. I have not really taken off my rose-colored glasses, but I kind of—I'm a realist. Like we all know that you know he's just kind of a big black hole at the bottom of the lineup. And but that's not—that's not what he's paid for. He's paid there. He's paid for his uh, abilities to work with the pitchers and you know call the call the plays and call the pitches and whatnot. And so. You just got to kind of temper that with, uh, along with all of the big bats that we have, you're just going to have to take that with, uh, you know, with that. So love Maldi. I just wish that maybe he would have taken a step back a little bit more um, last last season. But, you know, then again, we don't know what, what could have happened if, you know, if he did and whatnot. Because I know that, you know, like I said, he, he works with, with our our pitching staff so so wonderfully but that's um I was I was a little I was a little sad that we couldn't resign Christian Vasquez but I know that he wanted to be the everyday catcher and here that wasn't that wasn't going to happen so yeah you know that's one of the casualties Susie of when you win a world series they say to the victor goes the spoils but unfortunately everybody wants to get paid it can be a blessing and a curse the blessing is is that you're at the the top of the hill with the ring, but the curse is that everybody's not going to come back and everybody's going to want to get paid, and rightfully so, and you can satisfy some people, but you can't satisfy everybody. But, you know, Christian is currently playing with Minnesota, and Martin is still a member of the Houston Astros. I want to bring up a couple of the pitchers that, I mean, during this postseason run, Lance McCullers Jr., Rafael Montero. I mean, Montero was on a tear during the postseason run. And McCullers Jr. had a, a nice run as well. Give me your thoughts on Lance and Raphael during their uh, postseason run. Oh, Lance McCullers and his glass elbow. <laughs> uh, we, we, love, we love Lance um, down here in Houston. He is one of the more uh, motivational guys, I guess you could say. You know, he, we've, there's, a, there's a saying that he, that he kind of – I guess, penned, coined in uh, one of the interviews that, you know, that he loves Houston. He loves playing here. And, um, you know, he said, you know, bear me in the H. And it's kind of the the rallying cry kind of for, you know, for Houston. And we we love that. We love that our players love it here. And we I, I was sad when he went down originally. And then I was like, you know what, that's, that's okay because we will have him for the postseason um, and he, 
maybe is not the quote-unquote ace any longer, but he's definitely that veteran leadership in the clubhouse. Um, and, you know, he, the fact that the guys look to him for that kind of pep talk and, uh, you know, get their, get their juices pumped and whatnot, is, you know, you just you can't put a price on that. Um, and then Rafael Montero, um, you know, when he came over in that uh, Mariners trade for Kendall Graveman, and, you know, he was just kind of, it was, it was down here, it was known as the Kendall Graveman trade. And, you know, Montero was just kind of thrown in as kind of an afterthought and he was hurt. And then now it's, it's the Rafael Montero trade. You know, we, we look at it as, a, as we won that trade, you know, uh, Graveman, great pitcher, moved on to, to the White Sox. Um, but we, the, the fact that Montero basically in any situation um, can be thrown in high leverage, can be that, you know, closer type when Presley's, uh, you know, not closing is just remarkable. And the, that, that entire bullpen is just lights out. And I, we, we just can't say enough about our bullpen and how amazing they were. Yeah, that bullpen was amazing for the Astros during that run that they had. And so speaking of, let's stay with pitching for a moment, Christian Javier and Jose Urquidy, wow, they <laughs> – those two gentlemen, I mean, you talk about rocket arms. Those guys were striking out pitches left and right. Give me your thoughts on Christian and Jose's play during this postseason run. Oh, Christian Javier. I, I'm i so thrilled that Javi has done as well as he has. And I cannot wait to see the the progression of the pitcher that he can become this season. Last season, he was kind of that swing man. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't get into the starting rotation full time because, you know, we were, we were so stacked and he kind of played that long man uh, reliever spot start. And then, you know, later on um, he was, he was able to get those starts and, you know, how do you, how do you, throw two no hitters one being in the world series like that just takes a whole other set of um skills and mindsets and down here in houston he has the nickname um, el reptile because he's just kind of cool calm collected really nothing kind of phases him uh i don't was it last season or the season before he won right before one of his starts he spilled coffee on himself, like going out, and it just—it didn't even phase him. Like it didn't—he—he he pitched with coffee on his, on his uniform. You know, most other pitchers probably go change, and it would—it would, you know, uh, shake him a little bit. But no, no, Javi's just like that, eh, whatever, and yeah, goes and, and does his thing. And I just—I'm so excited to to watch him, and um, I think sneakily he will climb into that Cy Young race. I don't think he'll win, but he, I think he's going to steal some votes. And um, Jose Arquiti, oh, we love Jose. But um, honestly, since we are so stacked, I really truly believe that Arquiti at some point will probably be trade bait for some team. I think um, he, you know, he's got his, his fastballs, are super awesome, and he's he's always known to fill up that strike zone. And unfortunately, sometimes he throws maybe too many strikes. 
Um, and that's when it can kind of uh, unravel for him just a little bit. But the fact that, you know, he is our four or five guy and he is just so dependable um, just says everything about him. And, you know, he just, he and his uh, beautiful wife just had a baby. And so, you know, we all, we all joke around here that, that he has that big dad energy that, um, you know, he's playing with a little, a little more oomph. And I think he's got, I think he's got something to prove um, this season. Um, Cause last, last season there's, there's a couple outings that kind of blew up on him and, I know that he heard the, the the trade rumors and whatnot, and I think so. I think he's really um, playing to not really protect his spot, but to kind of show people what what he what he can really do. And you know, uh, Susie, while we're staying with pitching for a moment, they say that offense puts butts in the seat, but defense wins championships. And certainly in baseball, anytime you're trying to win a World Series, it's all about defense and pitching. And while we're staying with pitching for a moment, I want to talk about a gentleman that is a closer. You mentioned his name earlier, Ryan Presley. Presley came up in some big situations, not just in the World Series run, but just throughout the Astros postseason run in 2022. Give me your thoughts on Ryan and his play. Oh, I've, I've come to appreciate Ryan Presley way, way more. Uh, in that 20. 20- Going back in the 2020 season, he was – I mean, everybody was just kind of wonky in the 2020 season. I just remember watching um, those games where, you know, he was just kind of blow-up outings, and I was just so so angry. <laughs> I was like, oh, Ryan Pussy. Uh, you know, and then this year he has just stepped up and just been lights out. You know, he gave up, um, you know, that he gave up runs in um, the Yankee series in the summertime. And then after that, he locked it down. And just every outing was, you could just, it was Ryan Presley. Like, he knew he was going to come in, and he's not going to blow you away away with velocity, but he is going to blow you away with spin, and he is, he's going to get you out. It may not, he may not strike you out, but, you know, he is going to rely on his um, amazing defense that he has behind him. And so he knows that if he gives up, you know, ground ball or a, or a fly ball or something that the that the boys are going to pick him up, and so um, we had the utmost faith in Ryan Presley. Um, I was a little I was a little iffy when when he came in uh, in the eighth in what, game five I think or game six. Uh, no, game six because um, he had rarely ever done a a, a two inning save a five out save, and um, but he. He lost it down, and and we are, we we love our our uh, our closer. We we nicknamed him America's closer because he you know he was quote unquote America's closer in the in the WBC, and he was just lights out there too. So, I want to stay just with Ryan for a moment. Edwin Diaz has been the premier closer for the New York Mets for several seasons. We've seen Edwin Diaz, and then Josh Hader who previously was with the Milwaukee Brewers, now currently with the San Diego Padres. Where does Ryan rank, in your opinion, among the top closers in the league with guys like Diaz and Hayter? Um, I would definitely say top ten. I would, I would maybe even go top five. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, he's not gonna he's not gonna blow you away with velocity. He's not um, Emmanuel Classe of 
of the Guardians, you know, um, he's not, he doesn't have that, you know, 9,900 mile an hour fastball. Um, but he is going to get you, he's going to get you out with spin and he's going to rely on that defense. So I would, I would say probably top five, maybe, maybe six, but definitely, definitely up there. Um, you know, like I said, Hater Hater had had some kind of blow up moments there, and um, was a little iffy when he got traded, and so I know that that kind of colored some opinions. Um, Hater Diaz, Quase. Mm, I know there's there's names that I'm missing. Ryan Helsley out of um, this Cardinals organization that just throws gas. There. I, I would say probably in the top 10, at least I would probably put him like six or seven. Um, people are totally going to fight with me on that, but that's okay. <laughs> well, as they say, you know, tomato, tomato, potato, potato, and everybody has their opinions and rightfully so. Cause I mean, we're seeing the best of the best in pitching, especially with amongst closing, uh, closing pitchers. And certainly a Ryan Presley is one of the best currently in the major leagues. And speaking of somebody that has been one of the best, starting pitches for quite a long time. Great seasons with the Astros, currently in the Big Apple now with the New York Mets, Justin Verlander. I tell you one thing, Justin Verlander, he's like a fine wine. He's just He just gets better with time, and he definitely showed up and showed out during this 2022 Astros postseason run. Give me your thoughts on Justin and his play during that run. Oh, Justin, we love, we love J.B., um, the fact that he came back as dominant as he was, I, I don't necessarily, I don't want to use the word surprise because I don't think any of us felt like he was going to come back and just, you know, um, be horrible. I don't think that we we expected um, that level from him, though. Um, we were all uh, a little disappointed that he chose to go to, you know, the Mets or, you know, wherever else. But I know that there were some other offers on the table, but the fact that, you know, he, he went to the Mets for the um, offer that he did, what, two years, 40 million, I think. Um, just that's, you know, he's, he's had the, he's had the World Series. He's, you know, he's won it twice now with us. But the fact that he went to the Mets to, and, you know, to, to say that he was going to, to try and win another one, I'm like, well, you uh, you had one, and it was, like, right here. So I don't, you know, just say that you wanted to, just say that you wanted the money. Like, I, I would have way more respect for you if you, were, if you were just honest and say, hey, we loved it in Houston, but the Mets made me better offers, so that's where I'm going to go, and not because you wanted to, to win another championship. We love JV though, and you know he was he, him and and Kate were were great for for Houston, and we're so uh, thankful that he did stay. Um, and um, you know, pitch his butt off for the season that we had. Indeed, he did pitch his butt off, and big ups to Justin. And I have a confession to make. I'm glad he's. Uh, I was glad that he was playing playing for the Astros and making some big plays, but. Uh, I'm even happier that he's playing for my favorite team, the New York Mets. Let me just, that's a side note on that, but happy that uh, Justin did his thing during his time with the Astros and certainly uh, Justin moving on to uh, some great things as he continues in his career. And you mentioned, Susie, about somebody that pitched his butt off. 
Framber Valdez, wow, what a, a postseason run. What a season he had in 2022 for the Astros. And Framber was just lights out. Give me your thoughts on Framber and his play during the 2022 postseason run. Oh, Framber, we love Framber. He, he, we call him our workhorse. I mean, to go, what, tw- 26 quality starts in a season, uh, you know, you just you just can't can't do that without the, you know, mental fortitude that, that he has. And that was always kind of his uh, Achilles heel, essentially. You know, he, he came up and he would have blow-up outings and it would just kind of unravel on him. And then, you know, it would it would kind of leak over into the other starts. And um, and he that, that was the area that, you know, we, all, we always knew that he had the stuff. Um, but, we you know, we all know that baseball is, you know, a mental game, essentially. And he knew that that is the area that he needed to work on. And so he worked with um, a, a mental coach back, uh, back home and brought him to the organization. And now the, the organization has basically hired him to be the mental, like the, uh, the mental strength coach, essentially, um, to help that need it. I know that, that um, he's working, that he worked with Christian, uh, Javier, and I, I want to say that he's worked with a couple of the other guys as well. Um, but just to kind of, you know, shake off the any, you know, the mistakes or you know the bad outings or oh, I'm tired didn't give me that call or you know whatnot. Just just to go out there basically every start. And we knew when Fromber went out, we were going to go six, seven innings. You know, low if we if we could score some runs. Fromber was going to keep us in the game, and we we knew that it he that the other team was not going to get the ball in the air. That that the the ground ball that he can produce with his nasty curveball um, is just I, it's it's a thing of beauty when it's on, and we just we we love our ace. I mean, I and really and truly, I I don't even want to call. Christian Javier are like two because I really think it's like a one A one B type thing, and between the two of them, we just we we love our our the top of the rotation now. Indeed, I mean I'm like you. You can't call them one and two. You have to call Christian and Fromber one one A one B respectfully. And you said uh, Fromber was throwing the high heat. He threw the high heat, the cheese, the Limburger, and all of that all season long. And it definitely paid off big dividends uh, for the Astros. I want to get back to the offensive side of the ball just for a moment. Alex Bregman, oh, my goodness. Alex Bregman, one of my favorite players. Alex Bregman is a complete player, not just on the offensive side, but on the defensive side as well. And he came up big in the postseason run for the Strolls. Thoughts on Alex and his play? that He has worked himself back into that kind of future hall of fame talking kind of up there with the, you know, when you, when you say who are the best third basemen in the game right now, the fact that his name is, is, is up there, you know, with Arenado, the Cardinals and, um, you know, it's Alex Bregman is just that guy. No one is going to outwork Bregman. And the fact, you know, if he if he messes up in the field, it doesn't leak over to the plate. If he, you know, misses 
if he strikes out at the plate, we know that it's not going to leak over into the field. And the fact that he can just go and be one of, again, one of those other like veteran uh, leadership guys just is just amazing to us. And the fact that he is, he's not 2018 Bregman, 2019 Bregman, but he's, he's the mature version of that guy, that, that guy that, you know, did the, you should have walked me sign, you know, that, and, you know, get, he's getting a, a little bit of his, of his swagger back. And, and we, we love that here. Yeah, indeed. Alex has been, he had the swagger since he's arrived in H town and he had it during this uh, past postseason run for the Astros, hoping to continue to make big strides going for Houston. I want to talk now about Kyle Tucker. Man, Kyle Tucker is someone that's emerged. He has emerged as a, one of the top outfielders in the league, again, similar to Alex Bregman, not just doing his thing offensively, but defensively as well. And he came up big in this postseason run, especially during the World Series. Give me your thoughts on Kyle and his play. Oh, I love Kyle Tucker. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar with, with my story, but basically I, I, be, I became a baseball fan. Uh, in 2018, I, I actually did not watch the 2017 World Series. I fell asleep during Game 5, and my husband had to wake me up uh, when Bregman walked it off in the 10th. And I, I had no idea what, what, what he meant when he, when he woke me up and he said, Alex Bregman walked it off in the 10th. I'm like, you know, you said words that I know individually, but then you strung them together in a sentence. And I, I'm, not, I'm not so familiar with that. And he just – he was just so excited. And so – the fact that I could watch Kyle Tucker evolve from the skinny little guy that he is to uh, the literal, I mean, we call him King Tuck in Houston, to the to the guy. You want to talk about slept on guys last season. Uh, most, if you weren't in Houston and you weren't really entrenched in baseball talk, you kind of didn't really know about Kyle Tucker. You didn't, you kind of heard about him. You're like, eh, there's outfielders for the Astros, Kyle Tucker, blah, blah, blah. But you didn't really, you didn't really know him. Um, and he, in that postseason, um, in his entirety, just made himself known, uh, you know. And, but he always kind of had that quiet confidence about him. He was just, he was never, he's never about the spotlight. He's never about himself. He's just going to go out there, give you his best every day in and day out, and he's just going to play. And that's, you know, we, we love King Tuck, and I, I'm trying to prepare myself <laughs> for uh, the eventual departure of, of Kyle Tucker from, from my favorite team because I don't – I think he, he knows his worth, and now the other teams are seeing his worth. And quite honestly, I don't, I don't think the Astros will – will give him the length of contract that he that he wants. And so I'm I'm mentally preparing myself right now for that. <laughs> Even though he's got a couple more years here, but still. Yeah, that that's a tough deal. I mean, as we as I stated earlier, Susie, to the victor goes the spoils and certainly when you win, your worth goes up. Sometimes your current employer, they don't always know either, but you know, one thing is for sure you mentioned Kyle has got a couple of more years left in Houston, so he'll definitely try to make the most out of his opportunities while he has them, and certainly he'll have some 
fruitful seasons going forward with Houston or wherever he decides to play whenever that time comes up. And, you know, speaking of being a big-time player, if anybody was born to play the designated hitter position, you're Don Alvarez. I mean, your Don was just bombs away <laughs> during this postseason run for the Astros. I mean, he's already built up a lengthy resume, and he's far from done as of yet. I mean, when you look at him, you say, yeah, he's built – he was made to play the designated hitter position, and rightfully so. A guy that's tall, strong, power, I mean, putting up power numbers that are just crazy. Give me your thoughts on your Don and his play in, in the 2022 postseason. Oh, our, our big Jordan. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the league – literally looks at Jordan just you know just like how you described Jordan as that 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 DH but down here down here we know that Jordan is much more than just the DH quote unquote he is he is an outfielder everyone kind of sleeps on Jordan's arm and there there are I mean we all know that he can do amazing things with his bat but I think that because he's so amazing with his bat that I think his defense gets uh, gets overlooked a little bit because there are times when they've run on Jordan and he has thrown from from left field and just cut the runner down and just they've made plays at gotten the runner out at home um, and ju- and you know you want to talk about electricity that cutting down a runner at home is whew, that'll, that'll get you going but you know there's obviously the the swing that everybody knows. Um, against the you know the Mariners that, that that walked it off, and then you know he went cold for the majority of you know the the World Series run, you know, and then uh, but he came up big when we needed him against the Phillies. I still don't think that that ball has landed that that he hit to to straightaway center field, you know, um, and we're just so thankful down here that he, that he, you know, does love it here and that he did sign that extension, you know, again, um, we, we talk about his, his power numbers, his, you know, his slug, his OPS was, you know, when you, when you get to, uh, you know, the one dot for your OPS, yeah, it, it is impressive, you know, and the fact that he can do it on both sides of, of the, of ball is just icing on the cake. Rightfully so. And, I mean, it, it is the icing on the cake for the Astros, especially, as you mentioned, not just for his defensive prowess, but more so for his offensive prowess. And it's definitely been the icing on the cake thus far for Jordan since he's been in Houston. And, you know, speaking of since he's been in Houston, I mean, Jose Altuve, you talk about once-in-a-lifetime talent and a generational talent and someone that franchise that can carry the franchise on his back. It's been Jose Altuve since he's been with the Strolls, multiple all-star, a couple of World Series titles. He's been a league MVP, a batting champion, so on and so forth. I mean, Jose Altuve has done it and continues to do it with his overall play, one of the top infielders in the league. Give me your thoughts on Jose and his play during the postseason last year. Oh, our short king. We love Jose Altuve. And, you know, when Jose Altuve has never has always been the, the, the team guy and is quietly that, that 
that team leader, you know, he is, everybody knows he is the, the heart and soul of, of this team. And we are almost fiercely uh, protective of, of him, um, you know, because of the, you know, the whole scandal in 2017 that he's basically just borne the brunt of, you know, he's never pointed fingers. He's never, um, singled himself out to, to say that, you know, he, he didn't use the system. Um, it's, it's been the people around him that uh, has basically stood up for him and he's like, no, 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 you know, we're, we're a team and, you know, it, it, it was a team thing and, and so forth. And it was his, admittedly, his bat went a little cold <laughs> during the World Series. Um, and we all knew that, that at, at some point in time he would, he would get out of that because it is, it's okay. And, you know, when you, when you end your season, you know, at 300 with that batting average, and that was one of his goals um, to do, you can't really, you can't really complain. Um, we, we joke around um, down here about his um, swinging outside the strike zone and the fact that he can make contact and just flick the balls out of the park, you know, with the ball that's, basically nose high for him like it's just ridiculous the fact that he can um get to those those pitches you know hot nose high ankle ankle low it doesn't matter where you're going to throw it Altuve somehow some way figures out how to hit it and how to make it hurt for the other team um like I said he is you know the heart and soul of the team and he is um that that guy for for the team and his his bat in the lineup this this time around starting the season off is it you know has been felt but you know we we know that he's still there and getting getting better as quickly as he can so yeah Jose I mean as they say the best gets better I talked about we discussed Justin Verlander earlier like a fine wine getting better with time and Jose just continues to prove year in and year out, continue to be one of the mainstays of the Houston Astros and their success in the postseason. And I want to talk now about somebody that is like a fine wine. He continues to get better with time, and that's Dusty Baker. After so many years and so many seasons of trying to get that World Series title, he finally achieved it. And as they say, good things come to those who wait. And certainly Dusty, he waited, waited. Sometimes it wasn't always patiently, but he got the right talent, the right system, and here he is, wins his first World Series title as a manager. Give me your thoughts on Dusty and just what he's been through and just the remarkable 2022 season that he had with his team. Oh, Dusty. Um, Dusty is that is that is the player manager. I mean, you want to talk about having your guys back almost to a fault, it's, it's Dusty. Dusty knows the, – the players know that Dusty is going to um, have their back and, and, and ride for them, basically. And like I said, he – last season, our guys would have, you know, run through a wall for that man. Um, he was the right guy for the, for the job after the cheating scandal and just kind of – calmed everything down and just kind of steered the ship in, in the right direction it needed to go. And 
say the glue in the clubhouse because that's that's not the right um, verbiage that I want to use. But but basically, he he made the players feel more comfortable being on the team, whether it's you know getting um, lots of ball soup for for Bregman during um, Passover or you know during one of the trips. I know that he got um, he brought in food from um, a certain restaurant that you know, all the pitchers like, um, I think it was in Chicago last season. Um, but just, just doing things like that, that is not, you know, it's not really talked about. It's not, it's not a thing that he wants to promote, but like, because he's just he's doing it because he's, he's that guy. And like I said, um, he has the players back, like I said, almost to a fault when, you know, Yuli wasn't performing, him in there because of the the you know his his capabilities at first for defense, um, and they and he knew that you know if he kind of messed messed with that, that it may have disrupted the chemistry in the clubhouse, um, and so there's there's some mixed feelings down here in Houston about Dusty. There's the Dusty can do no wrong faction of Astros fans, and it doesn't matter uh, if if you you know, let them know, hey, these these players are doing better. Why aren't these players getting more time? It Dusty's going to play the guys that are that are his guys and that um he feels will work in the situations that he that he puts them in. Yeah, well you know, one thing is for sure, I mean as I mentioned earlier, good things come to those who wait and Dusty has been in it for such a long time being a player to being a position coach and now currently as a manager and certainly Dusty Baker, definitely congrats to him for winning his first World Series title as a manager. You know, Susie, we've seen a crowd during the 2022 postseason for the Astros be in a feeding frenzy at Minute Maid Park. And, you know, Minute Maid Park is one of the premier venues, or should I say one of the premier ballparks in Major League Baseball. Where do you rank, What, in your opinion, Susie, what makes Minute Maid Park different from Fenway Park? Camden Yards, Yankee Stadium, also Dodger Stadium, and Citizens Bank, to name a few. Well, atmosphere-wise, I can't I can't really speak on it because unfortunately, I've not been able to visit all of those um, amazing amazing venues. Uh, I, I've really only been to Minute Maid. I've been to um, Minute Maid Light. I'd like to call the the Rangers there in Arlington. Um, and way, way back before I was a baseball fan, I went to a Twins game very, very, very long ago at Target Field. Um, I can just speak to my experience at Minute Maid and the fact that I know, you know, when opposing um, fans and players come, that they're not, that they're going to feel safe. Like there is not going to be uh, any any sort of, well, I mean, I, I don't want to say animosity because you're always going to run into a couple of those. But, um, you know, last season when, you know, the, the Phillies, uh, the Philly fans came to Minute Maid, I know a lot of them were surprised that the Astros fans were cordial and they weren't, you know, they were, they weren't, you know, going out of their way to, you know, heckle them or whatnot that, that, it wasn't the, I guess, normal quote unquote experience that they, I guess, were planning on, and some some of them were taken were taken aback. And I remember reading an article basically stating that um, since 
the Astros fans weren't jerks to the Philly fans, that made Philly fans better because that because that meant that they loved their team more. I was like, that's not that's not that's not right. Like I don't I don't want that, you know. And it's I want people to know that you know come come to Minute Maid, come to an Astros game when your favorite team is playing, and you're going to have a good time. You know, I can't, I can't guarantee that there's not going to be that, you know, one jerk that's going to, you know, talk, talk their, talk their crap. But for the most part, you're, it's, it's a great experience. Um, I know that I've, you know, I've talked to, to Yankee fans and Dodgers fans, um, you know, talking about, I mean, there's some good lighthearted ribbing, um, but they're like, yeah, Susie, if you decide to come out to a game, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't wear the Astros gear, you know? I'm like, even, you know, even as a girl? And they're like, yeah, but, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you'd be okay. But definitely if there's a guy coming with you, if, you know, if your husband's coming with you, definitely not him. I was like, what, 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 what are you, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, maybe not all the time, but yeah, you, you know, depending on what, what, what section you're in and who you know yeah you'll you'll probably get some, get some heckling i'm like okay heckling i can take but you know like am i going to not have a good time like is it going to be over the top I'm like well i'm like oh that's not super that's not what i want to hear guys you know so um again i can't i can't speak to that personally because you know i haven't gone i can just tell you what you know their fans have told me about the experience that i would have i'm like that doesn't that doesn't sound great like you're not you mean to tell me that if I went to Minimaid I'd be fine? Like, yeah, one hundred percent. Like you would be okay. It wouldn't be a problem. So I eventually want to get to all of the parks. I would love to go see Fenway and Wrigley Field, you know, when the Ivy's blooming especially being a newer baseball fan, kind of seeing the, the history and the and the um traditions of all of those older stadiums. Um so it's on my bucket list one day. And hopefully, you know, when I go in my Astros gear, it, it won't, it, it'll be a good time. <laughs> and hopefully my Yankee fan uh, friends are, are wrong. <laughs> I hope you can get that witch Astros gear on. Hopefully that you can uh, have a great time, you and your family, and not have to deal with those hassles. And I just want to stay with Minute Maid Park for a moment. When you're at an Astros game, what are some of your favorite things that you enjoy eating at an Astros game at Minute Maid Park? Oh, definitely. Um, they have like the Crawford dogs now that are just amazing. The El Tiempo margaritas that I know are like a huge, a huge thing. Um, they actually have a bunch of new food that that they created specifically for this new championship season. And unfortunately, I haven't been there yet to uh, experience that. But hopefully sometime soon I will get to a game and experience that stuff. Um but definitely the, the Crawford dogs are, are my favorite. And um, they have tachos, which are nachos, but on tater tots. And those are delicious as well. You mentioned tachos, which are the nachos uh, topped with tater tots. How do you like them? Uh, how do you like them topped? Um, they, they have a specific there, – there is a specific name for it, and I can't remember it off the top of my head, and I'm so sorry about that. But it's basically um, queso and chicken and jalapenos uh, and onions and some sort of, like, secret yummy sauce. And it is, you want to talk about delicious, that's, now I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. (laughs) All right, awesome. And then now let's speak, speaking of 
of being hungry. The Astros are hungry for another title. So the 2023 Major League Baseball season is here. So, Susie, give me your thoughts on the chances of the Astros repeating as World Series champions in 2023. You know, it, it is so hard to repeat, obviously, because baseball is it, baseball is baseball. And, you know, um, you can do everything right and still still not win. You know, the 2019 World Series, Howie Kendrick can, can hit a ball out of the park. And you're like, oh, super. You know, but um, I think our chances of repeating are moderately good. I don't want to say that, that we're going to repeat because I don't, I you know, like I said, baseball is going to baseball. I do believe that um, the AL does run through Houston. I think we will take our, uh, we will win the AL and then um, play, I don't know, that the NL East up there is quite, quite interesting between the Mets and the Phillies and the Braves. So, you know, dealer's choice. I know that you you mentioned that you were a Mets fan, so hopefully we'll we'll see you in the in the World Series. Um, <laughs> but you know, like I said, it's it's one of those that it, it it is hard to it is hard to repeat. You know, our our bullpen was everyone was super healthy last year. Uh, I mean, really everybody was super healthy last year except for you know like Lance McCullers for a little while there, and so you know. Again, starting the season off with some injuries, hopefully we can get those out of the way kind of at the beginning and, you know, repeat that whole healthy vibe this season and, you know, hopefully, um, you know, give whoever comes out of that, that NL East or maybe it, maybe it'll be the Padres this year. I don't know. But, you know, whoever we face from the NL, we can give them a good, a, a good ride and, and um, a, a good little battle in, you know. It's whoever whoever's what? the hottest at that, that point in time, so. You're absolutely right about KU. It's definitely going to be a dog, a dog fight this season, as, as it is every year in Major League Baseball, and especially in the National League, you know, with the Astros, Mets, the Padres. They've got a lot to say with that talent that they have with, of course, Juan Soto, also uh, Manny Machado. I mean, that team is loaded. Josh Hader, just to name a few. So certainly it's going to be a dog fight. Of course, can't forget about the Braves as well. So it's definitely going to be interesting. And you heard it from her. She is. Susie Fulton, she is the co-host of the Bourbon and Baseball and the Back That Astros Up podcast. Susie, thank you so much again for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us on the program. Tell everybody what, what Bourbon and Baseball and Back That Astros. Uh, well, Bourbon and Baseball was really founded, born out of uh, my need to talk baseball um, with with females, essentially. Uh, when I really got into baseball, like I said earlier, I had gotten into baseball in 2018 um, and just kind of watched the Astros for for a, a while, 2018, 2019. And the 2020 season, that pandemic season hit, and I was just – I was all in, and I was so sad that baseball wasn't here. Uh, and then 21, I really started listening to baseball podcasts, and I really tried to find baseball podcasts that – were from a different point of view, meaning a little bit younger, um, female, and there weren't there weren't a bunch out there. And um, at that point, I would you know just I would watch all the baseball games, and 
my husband, who was a big baseball fan, rolled his eyes at me <laughs> and just, really, Susie, we're, we're talking about baseball again? He, you know, and he, he, he kind of gave me the idea, hey, why don't you start a podcast? I'm like, why would I start a podcast? Who would, who would want to listen to me? He's like, I don't know, maybe other women who like baseball and want to listen to women talk about baseball as opposed to, you know, guys. I'm like, oh, he's got a point. And for a little while there, I kind of molded, molded it over and tried to figure out who would co-host with me and whatnot. And um, Shelby is a family friend, essentially. And I hadn't really thought about Shelby for a long time um, until I had seen Shelby on a as a guest on a different podcast here in Houston. And she had just kind of off the cuff was like, yeah, you know, I would have, I would love to host a podcast one day, blah, blah, blah. And it was just kind of a, a random comment that she just put in there and I was like oh Shelby I totally forgot about Shelby and Shelby is a um, huge softball player played all her life uh, went to UH was you know collegiate athlete of the year I want to say in 2015 2016 um, amazing amazing athlete and my husband has known her family for years and years and years she actually has photos of her playing softball when she's like five and um, in my day job, I'm a photographer. And so I actually took Shelby's high school senior photos. And so we had that connection. I reached out to her and, you know, kind of floated the idea, hey, you know, would you be interested in hosting a podcast uh, with me about baseball? And she was like, yeah, for sure, would love that. And we wanted it to be a little bit irreverent. We wanted it to be a little bit different than your normal baseball podcast that, that you hear basically every guy dominated podcast essentially and so um you know bourbon and baseball was born and it was it was more of an astros centric show we hit on a lot of the other teams um but it was mainly astros and then um we wanted we wanted to kind of focus on the rest of the league a little bit more. And so we wanted to dedicate an Astros-based show solely to our favorite team. And um, that that Astros was was born. And uh, we picked that up. Um, and the Variety Sports Network actually picked up that that show. And um, we, we are on that network for the Variety Sports Network for Back That Astros Up. And so we have some some good commentary with the other hosts of various other sports Cardinals. Um, there is a Giants facing the Giants. Um, so a Giants podcast. And so there's, you know, there's plans in the works of collaborating with those hosts um, to talk about kind of not head to head battles, but, you know, basically comparing the Astros to, you know, the Cardinals and comparing the Astros to the Giants and, you know, whatnot. And so, it was essentially just we wanted to give baseball fans that mainly maybe don't want to listen to the guys all the time talk about baseball, um, just a little different niche to kind of fill. And, you know, we've we've done pretty well for ourselves. I say pretty well. I mean, we have grown exponentially. Um, we are charting on the – Australia, uh, apparently we're very big in Australia. I don't know why charting in is has been on the Australia charts for the last month at least, um, which is the top 250 podcasts um, ranked 
for the Apple chart. We have been um, ranked on the U.S. charts, um, I think as high as 23. I think we were 23rd for a week or so. Um, and so we, you know, we've, we've kind of grown a following down here locally covering the Astros. And, um, you know, we've grown some followings with various other fan bases to get, you know, like I said, the Yankees, we have Red Sox, um, we have some Mariners people, and through the Bourbon and Baseball, we hope to get some more fans listening to the show, um, you know, so that we can cover more of the, all of, all of the teams versus just the Astros. I know both Shelby and I have favorite other teams that are not the Astros that, that we root for that we uh, root for, um, namely the, the Diamondbacks. Arizona Diamondbacks are our favorite NL team. Um, before we started Bourbon and Baseball, the Seattle Mariners uh, were Shelby's favorite, uh, second favorite AL team. After the uh, playoffs, we had to – I had to question her, her thoughts a little bit more. <laughs> She's like, no, I still love the Mariners. I'm like, okay, fine. But we basically just love baseball. We love talking baseball, and we love talking baseball to – intelligent women who also like talking baseball and we, we've been having a blast with that. Man, that's awesome. Well, definitely you and Shelby, you uh, ladies have your work definitely cut out for you and congratulations to you and her on much success on both of the podcasts. So tell everybody Susie where they can find you on social media as well as bourbon and baseball. Also back that Astros up and also a uh, Shelby's, uh, Twitter handle or any social media platforms and any websites, let the listeners know that as well. Um, perfect. So you can find us um, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So we both have personal Twitters. My personal Twitter is Susie Fulton 111. That's Susie, S-U-Z-Y, Fulton, F-U-L-T-O-N 111. Um, Shelby's personal Twitter is underscore Shell Miller. And um, the show Twitter is Bourbon, the letter N, B-Ball. And you can find um, us on YouTube at Bourbon and Baseball Podcast, on Instagram at Bourbon and Baseball Pod. And then um, the show Twitter for Back That Astros Up is a little confusing, but it's Back That, T-H-T. A S T R O S U A U P. So, back that asters up with no A in the that because it didn't fit. <laughs> so, um, and you can find that that show on the Variety Sports Network on YouTube, and then basically anywhere that you can get podcasts, you can just type in the name and you can find it on um, Spotify, Apple. I want to say that it's been put on like Stitcher and all the other ones, but definitely. Um, Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, you can find us. Awesome. And you heard it from her. She is Susie Fulton. She is the co-host of the Bourbon and Baseball and the Back That Astros Up podcast, along with her colleague, co-host Shelby Miller. Check out the ladies as they discuss Houston Astros baseball, anything related to the Astros, and, of course, some of your Major League Baseball news and stats, and check them out. Susie, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much again for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. And if ever you want to come back on, just feel free to let us know. Well, thank you so much, Ed. I, again, really appreciate you um, inviting me on. 
hopefully sometime soon that we can we can get you on on our show. We will definitely um, get you get you on back on either back that Astros up or Berman and baseball, whichever you choose if you like. Um, and again, you know, thanks for for hollering at me and and letting me come on your show and and talk about the thing that I love. Awesome, and I definitely will definitely take you up on that offer. Just let me know, and I'm definitely game for it. And again, thank you so much. And We'll be back with more right after this. There goes the runner. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker. This time they finish the job. The Houston Astros world champions. Dusty Baker has his ring. In his 25th year as a manager. Guy that brought credibility and stability back to the Astros in the wake of the scandal. Guy that's been in baseball for more than 50 years. They said it could be some kind of food allergy. My muscles ached. I was tired all the time. It happened like that. A full-blown asthma attack. It was scary. The unsettling thing about some symptoms is... A fever. Headaches. I have these red, itchy welts. You don't always know what's causing them. It was Lyme disease. From a tick bite. I had West Nile virus. From a mosquito. A reaction triggered by cockroach allergen. Bed bugs. Threats to your health can come from the most unexpected places. Mosquitoes can transmit West Nile virus and also Zika virus. Ticks can carry Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever, and allergens from cockroaches can trigger asthma attacks, leading to respiratory distress. Don't wait until you or someone you love is suffering with unexplained symptoms. Get the facts you need to protect your family. Visit PestWorld.org. everybody that's going to do it for the season premiere of extra base hits once again a big special thank you to Susie fulton co-host of the bourbon and baseball and back that astros up podcast the podcast cover content related to the houston astros of major league baseball again a big special thank you to Susie, and again thank you so much for tuning in to the season premiere of extra base hits until next time everybody i'm matt robinson saying so long and you've been listening to extra base hits